listening to the Embassy Church Podcast. And here is today's message. We give you all the honor today. We set our hearts before you, King Jesus. And we recognize what it is that you sacrificed for us. You gave everything. You gave it all so that we could be together forever. Because you loved, you gave. And so our response this morning is that you are worthy of it all, of all our praise, of all the glory, of all the honor that we could possibly muster up you are so worthy very sweet presence in this room. A very sweet presence that his peace is is here. And I'm mindful of it because it's really easy to get caught up in life. And I, I sense that if you're in this room and life has been maybe busy or chaotic or circumstances have been coming against you. That this peace would just rest on you. That this peace that surpasses all of our ability to comprehend the reasons why things happen that it would rest on you. And that just like when Jesus spoke to the waves and the wind and the storms and calmed them, that that would happen now even as it's, as I'm speaking. Jesus. Wow. Amazing. You guys are amazing. You guys all sounded so beautiful today. One person was happy about that. 
well. Let's see if I can get through my message without going on too many rabbit trails. is to serve our God. What an honor. What a privilege it is. And I I just want to take a minute and I just want to first thank Pastor Megan. I know she's finding her seat and getting off stage and stuff, but I do truly want to honor her. Uh, when she asked me to preach, to speak, I, I, I was honored because it's something that I know God has spoken to my heart and that it's part of what he wants me to do in my life. And it's always something that I, that I take very seriously. Although God likes to have fun with me while I do it. And I think yesterday was a prime example of that as I was preparing. I think it was five o'clock yesterday before he finally told me what I was going to say. You know, how many of you could imagine that the panic would start to set in? Yeah, it did. <laughs> but the, the amazing part about it is I know that God is faithful and he will always give me something to say. He will always give us something to say if we just wait on him. And so there I was, I found myself waiting on him I had, a, I had a topic that I was going to, to bring forward, but that would have taken till next Sunday to get through, so I thought you guys would probably appreciate if I can that one. Um, so I'm going to share this morning what I believe that God was speaking to me about yesterday, and I believe it's a passage of scripture that is going to speak identity that it is going to cause a response to rise up in our hearts, yours and mine alike. And I believe that in, in this passage that there is such rich promises, declarations in the passage. And so, before I get into it, let's just take a minute and pray. Father, we come before you today. And we just ask that you would come and dwell in this room. We open our hearts to you. We open our ears and our eyes to you. And we ask that you would teach our hearts, that you would cause our eyes to see and ears to hear what your spirit is saying to us today. That you would do any kind of heart work that you would need to do this morning, right here in this place. And that the words that you speak through me, Father, that they would bring life 
and that chains would be broken off of people today. That minds would be set free and that your identity that is spoken forth would rest on people, rest on me, rest on all of us. We just say, have your way this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Ooh, I'm not used to holding a microphone this long. I'm gonna feel like, you know, when phones used to be like the phone and receiver that you had to hold, and if you talked on the phone too long, your arm would get sore? I feel like that's gonna be me after the service. Good, I got two laughs. Stay out of this. So, um, I'm, I'm excited, but yet I'm, I'm a little nervous <laughs> because this, is, this isn't the typical type of message that I bring. Um, so, I, I, I just pray that it comes through. Holy Spirit, I need your help today. Seeing as you only gave it to me at five o'clock. No, I'm kidding. But um, yeah, so this morning I'm going to talk about a passage of scripture in 1 Peter chapter 2. It's going to be verses 4 to 10. I'm going to read verses 1 through 3 first just to bring the context. But in, in verse 4 through 10, it talks about how we are his chosen people that we are his priesthood, that we are a holy nation because of what Jesus did on the cross. And it, it's amazing as I went through this, I, seeing, seeing things for the first time, even though I've read them a hundred times. And I believe in this, there's a call to action on our part because it's, a, it's an ongoing process the things that he talks about in this passage of scripture so the passage of scripture that I'm going to be expounding on today it starts in 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 4 it says, coming to him as to a living stone, rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious. You also, as living stones, are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through, Christ, through Jesus Christ. Therefore, it is also contained in the scripture, behold, I lay in Zion, a chief cornerstone, elect, precious. And he who believes on him will by no means be put to shame. Therefore, to you who believe, he is precious. But to those who are disobedient, the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. They stumble being disobedient to the word to which they were also appointed. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, 
his own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light who once were not a people but now but are now the people of God who had not obtained mercy but now have obtained mercy isn't that amazing an amazing passage of scripture in verse 1 it says therefore laying aside all malice all deceit hypocrisy envy and all evil speaking as newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious and then it goes in and it says all that so basically what it what this is instructing us to do as we're being built is get rid of all the junk clean out your heart and then present yourself to him so that you can be built into the spiritual house that he would be building you into how many of you I know how hard it would be for me, and it is for me, to clean out your heart sometimes. <laughs> it's hard. It, it hurts. It's, it's a, sometimes a painful process because some of the stuff that gets into our hearts goes pretty deep. But thank God that we can hear these words, that we can hear this promise that as we do that, therefore lay everything aside, hypocrisy, envy, jealousy, all, all the things that I just read, that as we lay those things aside, he's able to build us up into his house. This depicts the Old Testament temple where God dwelled. And that it's, it's an ongoing thing in our lives. Houses aren't built in a day. It's an ongoing thing. So, so like as, as we come back to God, because his plan was always, as soon as the incident in the Garden of Eden happened, his plan was always for redemption of man. That set in the motion of his plan to redeem us back to himself. And so as soon as we accept that, we can then be built into the, into the temple, his chosen temple on this side of the cross where he can dwell. Isn't that amazing? Thank God that he wants to live in us and use us and be part of our lives and instruct our paths. Amen? Amen? It's exciting to me. Anyway, that's totally not, I'm like taking pieces of my message and kind of just typical me. So let me start by saying in this passage of scripture, it showed that Jesus 
paid the price for our sin on the cross. And it call, in, in this passage, it calls him the chosen stone. And it also goes on to call him the chief cornerstone. So what does that mean? It means that the father decided that he was the one that was going to pay the price and lay the foundation to become, or so that we could build our houses on. Jesus is the foundation or the cornerstone in which we are to build our houses. Without that, that foundation is not strong. I can tell you that. It, it talks about it and I've preached on it before. When, when Peter confesses Jesus as the Christ and, and Jesus turns to him and says, flesh and blood has not revealed that to you, but it was my spirit that really revealed that to you. And on that rock, I will build my church. That's the foundation that was laid in this. This is what it's talking about. So as we build our houses on that foundation it's it's amazing how strong that house will be able to stand against any storm against any circumstance it doesn't mean that it's going to be easy sometimes it will be easy sometimes it won't sometimes the the house might get a little bit damaged from the storm but thank God that we can repair the house. Amen? Well, well I'm not used to using a tablet. <laughs> it says in Galatians chapter 4, verse 4 and 5, that in the fullness of time, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons and daughters that's it's a both both words just like Jesus was called chosen in 1 Peter chapter 2 it goes on to say that we are chosen we are chosen in the same breath it says Jesus was chosen as the living stone and we are chosen as his people Let's read it again. You also, as living stones, are being built into a spiritual house. So, we're being built into a spiritual house. Thank God. So how, how do we get built up into a spiritual house? Like, what, what types of things... Peter be talking about here how how do we become the house that God designed to carry out his plans and purposes in the earth doing things like talking with him that would be a good example of building letting him speak to our hearts 
and teach our hearts how to, how to walk through life. Spending time with him in, in the secret place, abiding in him, praying, feeding on the milk of the word, the pure milk. Because inside this amazing book is everything that we need to get through everything that life throws at us. And as we feed on that, as we gain the nutrients from this living word, our house is constructed piece by piece. It says that we are the chosen, uh, sorry, not the chosen priesthood, but the holy, a holy priesthood, and that we're to offer up spiritual sacrifices. So that's a that's a pretty loaded statement. There's a lot of a lot of stuff going on in there. So I'm I'm gonna take us through that part pretty slowly, because, I mean, I learned a lot about this just when I was studying it. So it's, but what an amazing truth this is. That we would be his chosen people. That we would be his priesthood, a holy nation. His, it calls us his own special people. And, and I, before I go into that, I want, I want you to hear this. I know I had, to, I had to really check my heart. There's identity in these words. That, that if you've had abandonment, I know I have in my life. If you've had accusation because of actions that you've committed in your life. I know I do. Hear these words that you are his chosen people. We are his chosen people. There's nothing that we can do in our lives that can separate us from these truths. I mean, there's a requirement that, you know, we at least say sorry if we do the wrong thing. But nothing can separate us from it. He paid the price. That's, he was the living stone in which we are being built upon. Okay. Again, not in my notes, but important to say So, it says here that Jesus was rejected by man, but was precious in the eyes of the Father and chosen to carry out this task of redemption. So let's put ourselves in Jesus' shoes for a minute. Could you imagine this? You're sent by the Father, by your Father, to go and lay your life down knowing fully that you would be rejected 
that you would be hated, that people would knowingly push you away, even though you were laying your life down for those people. Could you, could you imagine having to walk that out? Do you think it would be easy? <laughs> would you probably give up? I probably would. But the Bible says that the joy that he saw on the other side of the cross, you and I that he saw on the other side of the cross was the reason why he did it. That and he was, you know, completely one with God in the spirit and there's a whole nother message on that topic that I could do but not today not today um, there's many other things that were factors in it but that's that's why he did it because he loved and saw what the result of those actions that he made was going to be And all I can say about that is, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that he had what it took to get through that. All of the stuff that happened to him. Because here's the thing, he was fully man. He was just like me. He was just like Duff. He was just like Johnny. He was literally felt the exact same things that we feel, yet he still was able to see the plan of God and do it without making mistakes. Help me to be like you. That's all I got to say. So it says that we are living stones and we're being built into houses, spiritual houses, and a holy priest priesthood the thing that really caught my eye in this part of the, the scripture was that we are being built that it is a process just like building a house is a process and so as I was reading through it it was, it was like God was showing me different things about the different stages of a house being built that, that I'm going to share with you and hopefully it makes sense. It makes sense to me, but I don't know. We'll see how it goes, I guess. So it means that we're being perfected into a temple that God resides in. Our foundation, like I shared before, is the salvation that Jesus paid for us. Then, after we build a foundation on a house, usually the walls get put up and a roof gets put on. So that, that I, I feel like it, that part of the house would be like built by us abiding in him. Because in Psalm 91, it talks about what's the purpose of a roof? It's a covering, it's a shelter. So in Psalm 91, Bear with me for a second. 
In Psalm 91, verse 1 to 4, it says, He who dwells in the secret place, another word for there, for dwells, is abides. In the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in Him I will trust. Surely He will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with His feathers and under His wings you shall take refuge. Just like the, when you have nasty, nasty weather at home, you're not going to go and stand outside. You're going to go inside and take cover. Well, I hope you do anyway. I've seen some pretty big hailstones, man. <laughs> I legit have seen a hailstone about the size of a baseball hit a van and bounce six feet in the air when I was working in Christopher Lake one time. So there's some pretty nasty weather that can happen out there. But that's, that's, that's what I feel the, the, the purpose of the roof is. That's the... That to me is like the secret place where, where we can go and we can abide knowing that we're going to be safe from all the things that are going on outside. Those who dwell in the shadow of the Almighty, His protection. A roof brings protection. Now I gotta find where I was. <laughs> okay. Then you put in once the walls are up, what what would be the kind of next step? In my brain, it would be the electrical. You have to you have to put in the power. So that when you go to close the walls in, you have somewhere to you know, bring power to the light switch, right? Makes sense. Makes sense in my brain. So the electricity, the wiring, would be like praying in the spirit. Prayer. Because when we pray, when we receive the Holy Spirit, Luke chapter 24 talks about how we were endued with power. So to me, that's how we get power, is by receiving Holy Spirit and talking to Him. Right? And then the heating. The heating system. What what controls what controls the heating system? A thermostat, right? Or a phone nowadays, I guess. It's amazing what you can do with technology. But what 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 could you do to keep your thermostat set at the right temperature? I would say it's it's again, it's that it's that time spent with him it's walking with him it's talking with him involving him in your day to day because 
I know that when I don't spend enough time with him, my love can run pretty cold. And when things get cold, your pipe freeze, your pipes freeze up. It, it's not real pleasant outside. I mean, we experience six months of this a year. It's not very pleasant outside. It's, you can't stay outside for very long. You just want to run inside and seek shelter again, right? Okay, so we've got the electrical, the heating. And, and how, many, how many of us know, and I know this is true in my life, going back to the electricity, the power, when I don't pray enough, when I don't talk to God enough, it feels like the power goes out in my life. It feels like I'm just drained. How many? Yeah. And then he gave me kind of a funny picture about plumbing. <laughs> he has a sense of humor. <laughs> And so when you put in, when you put in the plumbing, he, he kind of showed me that it was like repentance. <laughs> it's what happens with the plumbing. <laughs> Let your minds do the imagination. <laughs> but really, it, it, it is, it's true. Repentance is how we fill back up with him and get rid of the stuff that's not supposed to be in us. <laughs> Quit it. <laughs> it's, how, it's how we get rid of the waste in our lives. It's how we become purified is by repentance. And it's all these different things, all these different things that we do in our lives these actions we take as we step towards him that build our spiritual houses. So then you start to, you start to make your house beautiful after all the utilities and stuff are put in. So again, this is all foundational stuff. These are all pieces of the puzzle that we need, you need to have in order to have a functional house. So then you start to put drywall up and you paint it and you start to put flooring in and you make it look pretty. And that's, that's like letting him perfect us. That's allowing him to refine us. That would be things like pruning. Things that, things that you know, maybe he, he hasn't necessarily told us we can't do one year and then the next year he goes Adam I want that can I have it that's that's like putting the the paint on the walls and step by step piece by piece as we go through our lives we're built into this house in which God dwells in a greater way and then we become this house that he's designed us to be. 
so that we can carry out the plans and the purposes that he has laid out in our lives. Because all the while we're doing all these things, he's taking us where he's directed our path. What an amazing process that is. Anyway, I hope that made sense. Like I said. And, and I, I felt the importance of saying this, that as a reminder to, well, probably mostly to me, that a house isn't built in one day. There is no way a house can functionally be built in one day. If someone tries to sell you a house that was built in one day, walk away. <laughs> Maybe even drive really fast. Because it's, it's probably going to fall over as soon as a gentle breeze blows. Run. Start the car. If you want, you can read about how, how he perfects us. I, I wrote down the scripture reference. I'm not going to read the scripture, but it's Hebrews chapter 10, verses 11 to 18. That's where you can find where it talks about how he sanctified us and then is perfecting us. That love, that, that action that he made perf perfected us in God's eyes, made us righteous is another way to put that. And then, like I said, over time, you know, life happens. House gets worn down a little bit. And then renovations need to happen. This, this ongoing process, this him working in our lives, we renovate it as we go through life, right? Because how many of us know that if you leave an old house... I have an old house. It's over 50 years old. And if you leave it for too long, it gets really expensive to fix. It's going to cost you something to fix your house. Amen, Adam. That's good. I'm just playing. Okay. We are being built into a holy priesthood. That's the next part that I'm going to go through. This means that we are... So, if we look at what... And, and for time's sake, because I have a lot to go yet. Maybe not all of it, because it's already like 10 to 12. But if we look at the Old Testament priesthood, they were a chosen people that represented Israel to God. They, they, they went, Cole's Notes version, they went to God on Israel's behalf. So, if we take that on this side of the cross, because at that point, everything changed, he calls us his holy priesthood. We are set apart. And we don't have to have that person going to God on our behalf, we can go boldly into the throne of grace 
We have access. We've been given the key to go into his courts. So how, how, can, we, how can we do things like, how, how can we become the holy priesthood? What, what, what does that involve? Well, that would be doing the things that the priests did. Going into, the, going into a quiet place or coming to a church and offering a sacrifice of praise. He doesn't need animal sacrifices anymore. That was all settled again with the cross. But we can come and we can offer a sacrifice of praise. We can go and we can intercede on people's behalfs. We can go and lay hands on the sick and they will recover. All the promises that the blood of Jesus gave us access to, we're his royal priests. We have access to that. And now I'm going to have to rush through this. <laughs> House story making problems with my message. Another way we could be his priest would be to proclaim his goodness to those around us. Basically anything that honors God would be us acting out being members of his priesthood because that's what the priests did they honored God on behalf of a people then it goes on to talk about how people will respond to the call some people aren't going to some, some people aren't going to accept it. That's just the reality of it. It would be awesome if everyone just said yes. But unfortunately, sometimes you can't get through circumstance. Sometimes it just happens. I'm not going to dwell there because just got to pray and, and let God work on them. And when they say yes, be thankful because that's another one that came out of the, out of the darkness and into his light. Thank God that we, when we realize what Jesus did and become his chosen people, we become a holy nation. So Israel was his nation in the Old Testament. Then the cross happens and anyone who has the invitation, everyone has the invitation to become one of his chosen people. And when we decide to become one of his chosen, because we're all chosen and we're all called, we become part of his holy nation. We are set apart with a purpose to take what Jesus did and proclaim 
those things to the world around us. That's what being part of the holy nation of God on this side of the cross is. There's way more to it. It's a huge, huge thing. It's a huge task. There's a reason why Jesus set the table for the Great Commission all the way through and spent so much time working on his disciples so that they would get the point that when he said those things, when he said, go out, heal the sick, cast out demons, when you go to do the stuff that I told you to do, you're going to need to know this. That's why he spent three years beating into their heads. I know I would have needed it. I believe that each generation, like it says in in this passage, each generation has a task to do while they're on the earth. I mean, I don't think it's necessarily any different, but each generation has a task or tasks. And that is to do his plans and purposes in the earth. Come on, where'd you go? Got to go all the way back to First Peter. Don't flip to Psalm when you're in Peter. It takes too long. It says, "A chosen generation." And there's not one generation that lasts throughout the course of history. There's many, but in this instance, when we accept this invitation we might not all live at the same time but we're still part of the same generation we're still part of the generation that Jesus paid for because in his kingdom there's no existence of time what seems like eternity for us is a moment for him that's a really complicated thought and I'm trying to we're going to leave that one alone. We got to get through this. That's another time. I'm going to have to I'm going to have to preach a lot. Yeah, see? I'm selling my services. So, we are his own special people. And that's that's what I want to that's what I want to try to wrap it up on. And I'll try to do it as quick as possible because we all have lives and you guys are need to spend time together with your families and all that sort of stuff. So we are his chosen people. And it says after that that we are to proclaim his praises in the earth. That's what we are called to do as his chosen people. Because when when we begin to start proclaiming his praises and and his goodness and and give testimony of what he's done in our lives that's what's going to bring people into the chosen family that's what is going to spread the kingdom this really goes into 
the principles of the kingdom. It all, it all ties together. And our job is when we hear that call to begin building our houses. Because God doesn't want just the same amount of houses. He wants more houses to be added to the neighborhood. He wants more lives to be transformed by the price that Jesus paid. And it, it takes us as a people proclaiming that. There's a song that I, I listen to quite often. It's called Rooftops by Jesus Culture. And it says, so I'll shout out your name. From the rooftops I'll proclaim that I am yours. And to, to be quite honest, the world needs us to be doing that. It needs a people who will stand up and say that I am yours. Come and come and listen to what God has done. Because if he does it for me, he'll do it for you. Because like, like it says here, the invitation's for everyone. Some are gonna take it, some aren't. We, know, we understand that now. But it doesn't mean that we're, not, we're supposed to just stop because someone says no. <laughs> and I've stopped because someone said no before. I mean, I, I'm, like I said, I'm preaching to myself here. But this is, I, I, I believe in this passage of scripture, this is a call to action. And, and, and I, I sense that he's looking for people who will, who will stand up. who will be light in hospitals, who will be light in banks, who will, because it needs it, go overseas and preach the gospel, who will hit 10th Street East in Prince Albert, Saskatchewan, and preach the gospel, and pray for the sick, and cast out demons, because it's not just overseas, it's right here in our land. And it takes all those different calls to accomplish what God wants to do in the earth. And God's really been working on me that I would stand. And so my question to you today, as, as we close the service, who's ready to stand with me? Because I can't hear this message and not want to do something about it. Father, help us Holy Spirit, teach us how to be built into the spiritual house that you desire. 
Help us to hear the call. Help us, give us wisdom. Show us with your eyes what it is that you would have us to do in this earth. Realizing that not everyone's call is the same specifically, but that with one heart, with one mind, with one agenda to bring you honor and glory, we run and we act out what you have called us to do. Show us your heart more and more every day. And as we open up our hearts to you, realizing what you did to, for us, Jesus. That we would be encouraged, that, that we would be strengthened with boldness to go and share who you are with this world. And Father, I just thank you for each gift that is in this room that's watching online. That you would breathe your breath on those gifts, on each one of your people. That they would be encouraged, strengthened. And if they feel like they've been quieted or just if they feel like they aren't good enough. Father, I pray that your identity, that they are your chosen people, that it would rest on them and that identity would be formed more and more in each and every one of us. so that we would know who we are in you and be able to share and help people experience that. And we just thank you for who you are. Thank you for calling our name, holding up our number, handpicking us from the crowd. Help us to be more like you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. For more information about Embassy Church, visit our website at embassychurch.ca. Thank you.